Welcome to PT Shop Talk, where a couple of folks talk about therapy, family, movies, music, sports, and everything in between. Remember that this podcast represents the opinions of the hosts and guests and should not be taken as medical advice. The content is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Everyone is a unique and special snowflake, so please consult your healthcare professionals for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. We take every effort to ensure that the information presented is accurate, and we welcome any comments, suggestions, and corrections of error. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including, but not limited to, establishing standard of care in a legal sense, or as a basis of expert witness testimony. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome, everybody, to episode 40 of PT Shop Talk. On today's episode, we talk about uh non-repaired acl healing and we finish up with our top five least favorite stephen king movies with me as always is nick the lawnmower man doling and jeremy sometimes dad is better van klompenberg you're you're putting pet cemetery in your bottom five we'll watch we'll watch maybe jeremy's putting his bottom five guys this is gonna be one of my worst top fives ever I'm just prefacing it. Oh, that's so. okay. I the worse your lists are, the better. I think. <laughs> I think it's fun. I'm as we said a few weeks ago. I think I think bottom five or worst five is more fun, anyways, because then we can just have some laughs and kind of crap all over stuff rather than <laughs> yeah, I, try to talk like we're. Pretty I nice. always go back to your like songs that don't hold up well list, which was just like uh, five songs Casey enjoys list. So. <laughs> I like, it. I like when your lists are good. You guys still like that Limp Biscuit? <laughs> air, air Raid version? Yeah, I'll go with Is there an Air Raid version of Eat You Alive? <laughs> no, there's yeah. just the, the uh, one version that nails it every time, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he only needed one. He didn't need to one, That's a one taker, I gotta imagine. Yeah. Yeah, there's imagine a, there's some solid energy behind a solid riff in there. Yeah, yeah, there was some rage there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah just don't listen don't to the lyrics. There's some songs like that. Mm-hmm. So we talked about that. Separate art from artist, and maybe from message sometimes. Separate the uh, oh, harmful. Se- separate the harmful emojis from the safe emojis. Mm, so the thumbs yeah. up. Yeah, the thumbs, thumbs up, up is a no good. Yeah. You got to take it out of your repertoire. Now I hear they were talking about that on the radio too. I know yeah. you sent that article, and they were talking about. Do you guys think the fist bump still cool? Like the fist bump oh, yeah. emoji? Can, can bump you throw that out? I don't yeah, use like, it as an emoji. I've never used that. Is that what that means? Like somebody puts a fist? It's just it's supposed to be a bump? No, when I, I said it that. to you, it means I'm going to hit the shit out of you. That's what I, when I said it. Well, that's how I interpret on. it. So we're safe. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that apparently, yeah, thumbs up is like <laughs> like a harmful emoji. Yeah, interpret it as thought of that as condescending you know it's very interesting uh email text how people it's it's fun to see how people inflect what they believe yeah. of the messages I, i'm sure you yeah. guys get it but i get it you know from staff all the time uh you know corporate will send an email out and they'll be like you believe how snarky they were? I'm like, no, they weren't at all. They were just asking you to do this. Like, oh. I, you know, it's, it's very interesting how people are like, 
I, I don't know why there's all this attitude about you know this thing. And it's like there was no attitude. They just said, "Hey, uh, yeah. this is done." <laughs> like yeah. period. You know, it's, it's yeah. very interesting. And then stab yeah. that back and forth too with teams messages. Like they'll send me a screenshot of a team message from somebody else, and they're like, "What do you think of this?" And I'm like, "I don't know. It's just a question." Maybe. Like, well, maybe it's good that they're at least a. At least they're getting a second set of eyes on it. Maybe. Yeah, you know, I think that part's good. Like, hey, is this what I think it is? Are they really shitting all over my idea? Well, I've had a, like, ah. I've had <laughs> yeah. some of this job and my <laughs> previous job both times where like, um, there we kind of had to end up having the rule where like you send me the email first before you send it out to everybody. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and, and I, it wasn't. I it wasn't did that with one of our bad way it was just like hey you know you want to shoot that out to me just because you know you feel like there's this messaging on the emails you're getting i just want to make sure that's not you know coming back out the same way so um they've always been pretty receptive to that too be like hey does this email sound okay i'm like yeah that sounds fine like i mean yeah especially if there's like a little bit of a damaged relationship there mm -hmm. between a few people it's probably yeah. wise you know correct get it smoothed out yeah but I think it's funny. It's such a snapshot into our time, though, right? Like, like you just said, just because certain people are going to interpret a, an emoji a certain way, they're like, we need to stop using it. We need to stop it. You know, well, especially when it's like pretty universally being like, hey, a thumbs up means, you know, okay or good, good. Or, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's not much different than the like the okay sign, which I guess now is not appropriate either. That's not bad. Three percent yeah. or whatever. Um, can't use that either, I guess. So um, I don't know. We're down to the fist bump, I guess. Well, I'll still use the thumbs up. I mean, and part of it, like you said, it means okay, or it's a quick response. Um, like on my phone, I, I think it's just, you know, how you, you pull up. Uh, it has everything so smart nowadays. It kind of defaults out to some of your most recently used or most commonly used ones. So it's just so mm -hmm. quick to to do that. And I know somebody out there would probably be like, oh. You need to take the time and think through your response. Maybe so. Wouldn't you? Work. Wouldn't you say like it depends on the person, right? Like, there's some people I get that thumbs up from, and you you are like, yep, yeah, that's snarky. But like most <laughs> I people, I you're... feel that way. I think. Really? No. I, I've got, well, I've got who's snarking like you with the thumb? Who's no, giving you a bad thumb? Oh man, just like my friend group, like just like uh, from college, and we're just at each other all the time, yeah. right? Like you can't. Like you just watch what you say because you're gonna get jumped on for it, like in a good, fun, that's way. fun, right? Right. Could, but it's would... like when you get that, you're like, oh yeah, that's sarcastic, right? Like it's not mean spirited. It's just like there's sarcasm behind that. Yeah. But to assume that with every thumbs up you get, it's just See, crazy. I, only, I, I think like, in I, person, my wife gives that to me sometimes. Like, hey, I, for, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I forgot I have a meeting tonight. Can you get the kids? And she's like, "Yeah, I sure can." Okay, well, we can, but we can, that. we can infer that, right? Because she's right in front of you, right? Yeah, but, I've never you know, gotten it even from a text from her when I'm like, "Hey, can you pick up the kids?" She hits me with the thumbs up. I assume she's cool with but, it. But but juxtapose that with a moment in which you feel like you're on the phone, right? You're so like, naive. Hey, you're able to do that, and and, and will Lacey just happy world. She just give you like, hey, "Okay, I got you," right? Like it can mean <laughs> mean something totally different. So I get what you're saying. Um, where I was going to agree with you, Jeremy, though, okay, I, I have gotten this one time. It's been a while, but like, <laughs> if you, yeah, maybe a couple times, but I, I, I get what you're saying where if it's something, let's say it's at back at work 
and you're, you know, messaging somebody on something like, you know, kind of maybe a little bit more serious, right? Like, hey, we got to make sure we're, you know, we got to make sure we're handling this issue right. And and the only response is like a thumbs up. That's a little bit more like, okay, fuck you. Like, it's, you know, well, you guys, I don't know. I, I live in this world where I think everybody's I do. with me 100%. <laughs> He's just like, oh, they're, they're totally oh, they're in love it. with They got they're it. On yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, they got it. They I send think... me like the dog poop emoji and I'm like, oh, they think I'm the shit. This is cool. Like, I'm, <laughs> that was a great idea. Yeah. So I'll give it, I'll give a general example, but yeah, it's still general, but yeah, it's still some so it's like ahead of somebody's like quarterly one-on-one and it's just like yeah, just make sure you make sure you cover like you know this this deficiency we talked about right and it's like thumbs up you know if it's it kind of the topic itself lends itself to maybe a little bit more exposition than just like okay got it it's that that <laughs> seems that yeah, can be interpreted as a little bit of an after you like casey's never lived in minnesota have you no no see See, you, you, uh, like Minnesota is just like pure passive aggressiveness. Yeah. Yeah. I do. <laughs> I agree. You just yeah. like, you just assume that, right? Like, it's yeah, been so North crazy Dakota. I'm we, like, oh, the thumbs up. They're enthused about this. That's since nice. We, since we moved to Michigan, I'm like, this is so different because, like, there'd be times where you, you talk to a patient, you're like, oh, how's that feel? They're like, okay. Yeah. Like, okay. Oh, well, all right. Like, in like through the session, you ask them like 17 more times and then they're finally like, yeah, my knee really isn't feeling better. And like, <laughs> it took, it took you 17 times of me asking you how yeah. you felt before you say it. Like out, out here, it's different. There's none of that. It's like, I don't feel better. I'm going to tell you right now, you suck. You know, maybe that's, Maybe that's where some of my like suspicion for the thumbs up emoji comes from where I'm like, mm. just in regular life, it's like, everything's like, yep, it's fine. You're like, I know that's not fine. Come yeah. on. <laughs> well, and I still got enough of my NODAC in me where I'm kind of siding with Casey too, though. Like I'm going to be pretty genuine and honest. And I think, yep. you know, a NODAC, if you don't agree with somebody, you probably get this emoji. Um, <laughs> you know, that's how I grew up. Pretty much straightforward. Like, mm. yep. <laughs> If I don't agree with you, this is what I'm going to give you. No, and, good. Um, Everything's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only one I ever. It was just like, aggressive, aggressive, not passive aggressive. <laughs> yeah. The only one I ever put a little bit of inflection on sometimes is just the K. Like when you're like, hey, can you get oh. this done? You know, and they're like, K. Like, same thing. So same thing, right? Yeah. It is. The K. Yeah, I hear you. But that's an aggressive uh, letter. Instead yeah. of an aggressive emoji. Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like the K is sometimes more aggressive than the thumbs up. Yeah. Okay. I, get, uh, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think it's same same horse, different color. Because yeah. for mm-hmm. me, when you like put the K down, like you know how you said sometimes, like the thumbs up's like an O F U I got some. Like you couldn't even put the O in front of the K. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is not important enough K. for you to even put an O K down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like. That's why I feel like the case. What world are we living in? Like, <laughs> word. We're so listen to us even put a simple man. Us simple men are so easily aggravated. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's like yeah. okay is the shortest sentence in the English language. You couldn't take the time to write that. Like, yeah. <laughs> come on. Okay. Yeah. K. Yeah. Get off my back, K. You know. 
I don't get it. I, I can, I can get that. Yep. That one I don't like. I don't like that. So we're all kind of, so we're, I'm kind of, when it comes to the thumbs up, Casey's kind of okay with it. Love I'm it. Kind of in Use the, it every I'm time. Of, I'm kind of in the middle on it. Jeremy, you're kind of over I'm not, now. You know, I'm, I'm not going to cancel it. You know, like I, I'm, I'm fine with it, but there's definitely like it, it, it makes me raise an eyebrow, right? Like a lot of times, like depending on the person that's giving it to me, um, I think it's different too if if someone just like reacts to your text with a thumbs up versus giving the thumbs up emoji. I don't know. Call me, you know, call me crazy. But uh, I went through a fun stage where I would type back thumbs up to people just to like have a laugh. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you can't take that in a bad way at all. Though. No, that's no, just, no. Just, ha, ha. Yeah. Little ha ha. That doling. He's yeah. so fun loving. <laughs> hey, one more, one more topic I have that I, I put on there. I wanted to kind of get you guys' take on. And it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't, it always gets talked about to the degree, but I don't think it gets fleshed out enough. But like this weekend, just watching some some football games, right? Officiating rules. And one thing I want to get your boys' take on is the fact that, you know, we got replay at just about every level now, you know, and yet we still, there still seems to be this like, I don't know, glass ceiling on what, what should be challengeable and what's not. And in some cases it's like, so the break, the the example I saw this weekend that was a little more frustrating just, and I don't think it had a result on the game, but was the the Gophers and the Illinois Illinois team uh, playing football. And towards the end, um, Gophers quarterback, I really just caught the end of it. He's having a crap game. I mean, he he was not playing well to begin with, starting quarterback. And um, he scrambles. They're they're down by like I think it's two scores. I think it's like a ten point game. No, six seven minutes left. Whatever. He scrambles. Um, looks like it's a ten yard gain, and he gets smoked on the play by two defenders. And one guy you can see on, and he gets knocked out in this play. And one of the defenders, like on the replay, smokes him in the head with his fist. Right. Hmm. comes in and just drills him on it. So he's laying there, like, you know, out, and they, the team's attending to him. And when they come back from commercial, they're like, oh, it's being reviewed, right? And they're talking about their oh, they're reviewing the spot, right? Because they want to see if they initially gave him, you know, first down, and they're going to review maybe short. Yes. And uh, they bring on, like, Mike Pereira, who's now doing that for the Big Ten and, and whoever else. And they, they ask him, they're like, well, and, and yeah, and he's like, you know, they, they say, is this, you know, you can see now on the re- replay, this defender came in with a fist and like, you know, takes an illegal shot to the head, which is, you know, kind of an illegal blow anywhere. And, and they're like, is that, you know, is that reviewable? And you know, his answer is like, no, I can't. And, but to me, the bigger issue is like, why can't that be reviewable? I want to get you guys thought on that. Like, if it's going to be, if, if we're going to try to take like player health serious and and you saw that reflexic approach the NFL took last weekend, following the Tua stuff, where they're throwing flags on sacks, where guys are getting like wrapped up and taken down, and they're still mm-hmm. they're throwing a flag. Um, Aikman called out another one on Monday night, where the dude initiated contact at the waist and then fell to the knee, and they still threw a flag on it. And, mm-hmm. and Dean Blandino, in that case, is like, no, it shouldn't be a flag. He's like, I'm just gonna leave it at that and not mention dresses. And, all that stuff. <laughs> you know, so what's your guys' take? Like, if we're going to, my question really, if, if we're going to open up the book to replay, open up 
shouldn't it all be reviewable? I'm not saying add more challenges, but shouldn't you be able to like review a significant play? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I think uh, I think opponents of it would be like, where does it stop? Right? Like, again, maybe maybe it's just that. Like, you can review you can review anything, but you don't get more challenges. You know, because yeah. um, yeah. you, you don't want to get into it. a baseball situation where you're going. All right, now a football game is taking four and a half hours. Like, no, no, that's you want that. not no. palatable. Um, but at the same time, like with the advent of like the New York Review booth, you know, yeah. like it should be like, like boom, that boom. should be right. Like, yeah. So, On that um, note, dude, why why do guys even why in the NFL do guys even go under the hood anymore or look at it? I don't understand because isn't I mean. Doesn't New York have the final say on a lot of that stuff? I know the final two minutes they do. I think it is just the final two minutes. Is it? They should I just think. have it all be centralized. That can, that's a good centralization. Just yeah, Casey, yep. take the take the emotion out of it. Yeah, it's you're right. Um, yeah, I think it's tough because you. I think you'd have to change it a little bit. So you know, you can only do one challenge a half or whatever. But if you get it right, you get your challenge back. I think that puts you in a weird situation because I do think you could probably call holding on a significant amount of plays, pass interference on a significant mm-hmm. amount of plays. Yeah, but are so you gonna are you gonna use the it? Game down. But are you you know if you only have if you only have one challenge, like you're yeah, you're gonna have to it. make that choice, right? Like, but yeah. that's what I mean. So if you got your challenge correct, you wouldn't keep giving them challenges back. No, you get two, right? No. That, isn't that the rule right now? Like. You can you have two challenges now. It's just if if you get it right, you keep your if time. If you get out, it right, you, and you get it. Basically, you can have a third. I mean, I think that's kind of how okay. it works. Yeah, for some reason, I thought you got challenged back if it was correct, but you do like the first time. But then after that, like you still, I think you max out at three total per game. And I would be yeah. okay with that then to go. Yeah. All right, third and long. Uh, you know, just completed a 15 yard catch, but man, that left tackle was holding our guy the whole time. I want to yeah. review that. Play. I do. I, I, you know, mind seeing a little bit of that be, yeah. be reviewed because I mean, they miss a lot of that too. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty see it on place. Yeah. The players would probably play a little better football. Yeah. And mm-hmm. everybody knows offense has gotten so kid gloved lately that, you know, he can do whatever you yeah. want. I mean, those linemen are holding. I mean, I, I watched the Bison Jacks game, and there was a ton of holding, and that I don't think they called it once in that whole game. Both sides, yeah. Yeah. Um, to the point where it just yeah it takes away from the game. You got these guys getting these monster holes and forever to throw the ball because you're just letting these kids. the The thing we're always told: don't get your hands on the outside. I mean, yeah. our left tackle did that to their DN right for like five seconds, yeah. right in front of the ref, and he's just looking. I'm like. And sometimes I mean, you're right for us. But... Sometimes it does. Like they they will throw it when it's blatant enough. There was a play in like the third or fourth quarter of the Vikes game against the Dolphins where um, I don't remember which guy it was uh, for the Vikes, but he was getting right by and he just about had Teddy like smoked. And this dude for the Dolphins like just stays on top of him and yanks him down and lands on top of our defender, like you know, belly to belly to back, and. And they complete this massive, it's like a 15-yard connection that Teddy does. And I could, I almost couldn't believe it when they actually threw a flag on it when they brought it back. Because you're like, oh my gosh, they're actually calling that stuff now. Yeah, it just know, and they still do. Feels like the only time they ever call holding is when the guy gets beat. 
and reaches out and grabs them now. Yeah. I feel like that's like the yeah. only time they ever call holding. Like you yeah. never see it on a run play Close. almost ever, yeah. unless it's a cutback um, mm-hmm. where the defender tries to come back and get the runner as he cuts back. But and yeah, I think Jared, so Jared you brought up an interesting one too. Like when they, they dabbled in the PI calls or reviews a few years back after that Saints Rams um, yeah. championship game. But yep. they did what they do a lot of times. They gave it like a four, they do like the four game trial period start off the yeah. season and and it didn't really they're like oh it's not really changing anything so they got rid of it again and i'm like yeah but i still think that's a great thing to at least be able to challenge in key moments because it's, mm-hmm. the way they do it as a spot foul too in the nfl that could be like a 35 40 yard penalty i mean that really matters well and when you say there's like a little bit of proof of concept just like the fact that they use like mike Pereira, right like yeah. he, he makes a call before the refs do every week yeah. what do you think what do you think dan what do you think mike okay yeah this is what i'm seeing what's always funny is, is when he when he's wrong though or no, i shouldn't say when he's wrong but when they disagree or they say something different and then he's like well i don't need you know that's why i don't do it anymore he'll say something like that mm-hmm. well and like some of that stuff's tough you know like the targeting those kind of things because there's some intent sometimes too i think that's, yeah. that's put on stuff a little bit um and everything looks a million times worse in slow motion like frame by yeah. frame yeah you know yeah. so some of that's like and sometimes you almost <laughs> wish they just did full speed <laughs> review and said ah it still looks good on game speed you know i think targeting is the one thing that the the uh, ncaa does better than the nfl like i think yeah. they handle those replays they're super fast mm-hmm. because they've already thrown the flag right yeah and then they review it just to see if the guy's got to be a you got to miss like the first half of the next game be ejected yeah and they come back on those things really fast and they can basically figure out hey did you go helmet to helmet or or did we miss something because some of those violent hits to the opposite of that casey when you watch them live you're like oh shit like that was nasty and then you watch it in slow mo and you're like wait a second that was shoulder to shoulder yeah you know but it seems so fast and so violent you're thinking oh it's got to be helmet to helmet so I, I think that's one thing the NCAA does better. Um, I just yeah. think like, yeah, that idea, hey, we can review a spot and we can, you know, challenge that decision making, mm-hmm. you know, but but we can't challenge the decision making on like a big PI in like fourth quarter. Yeah, I would agree. Open it up to everything. Give you two or three in the whole game. You decide which ones you want to challenge, which ones you don't and live with that choice if you want to. Just throw them all away right away. Well, yep. That's your call, you know. Or if you want to wait and there's never <laughs> any big plays, well, that is what it is. You made that gamble. Um, yep. But sometimes I wish, I know the NFL was supposed to make a, like a key for this this year was like running backs and receivers lowering their helmets to make contact and getting yeah. the on that. But boy, I haven't seen that at all. Well, they don't do it either way though, right? I no. mean, if you, if you as long as you're moving with the ball, they talk about player safety, but Dude, if you're a running back and you've taken three steps, you're fair game. Mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah. you can just get your head freaking drilled on. And but if you're if you're a receiver who is just putting one foot on the ground, then you're completely protected. You know? Yeah, yeah, I think that's asinine. I guess it's but. it is funny, right? Like I don't know how much you can totally protect yourself if you're running and somebody like if you're running twenty miles an hour, they're running twenty miles an hour, and you go helmet to helmet. Man, that's that's pretty violent. Yeah, yeah that's a violent, violent game. Sure. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's part of the reason those guys make the money they make. There's some big danger in that sport. Yep. You like, can tear your like <laughs> Then the question is, do you operate on it or not? You finna cope or not? Yeah, are you a coper or a non-coper? And that's what we're going to talk about, main topic today. Uh, just uh, saw some convo on Twitter about it. I kind of wanted to pick your guys' brains on it. Um, I don't see like a ton of ACLs. It's just not my practice. Um, more chronic pain. Um, saw a little bit more when I was younger um, in smaller town. So uh, I guess a first question for me now, um, do you guys see many people elect not to have ACL surgery? See nope. I saw, I've seen a couple of like older adults who are. Like, I take that back. I saw one in, I saw one in, in Marshall. Yep. was like 62, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I guess I didn't, as I looked through the research, uh, I knew we weren't going to do like an article review on this. So I skimmed it. I, Nick Doling did a little bit more. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I read the abstract oh, conclusion. Um, but like, so I never really saw a stat of like how many people that tear their ACLs get it repaired or whatever reconstructed, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, but hey, boy, I got to imagine it's high, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's the a- eventual repair rate or reconstruction rate's got to be huge in this yeah. country. I think that was, a, that was a very cool thread. And I thank you for sharing that. I don't, you know, I don't do Twitter, um, but it, you know, I can still access those threads and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, and going through it, there were some people sharing some very interesting slides anyways and screenshots mm-hmm. of Art, different articles, like titles, yeah. articles. Yep. Yep. And I thought it generated some good discussion. You had some a little bit of dissenting opinion, you know, like a couple of counterpoints on like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, people who wanted long term functionality did eventually have their repaired. Um, and they showed that people who did not some somebody shared a, a graph that showed like, I think it was three years. Um, at three-year point post-injury, like functional levels for people who are copers were much less significantly, st- statistically significantly less. So, I mean, it was kind of kind of a little counter. And I, I can respect that where you're showing, hey, at least this study showing this and this study showing that. The only problem is you can't really break down a lot of the, the bones of the study, though. Mm. Yeah, I know the one big study was on like early intervention ACL repair versus therapy with eventual ACL repair. Um, you know, and I, I guess they posted that article to say that the therapy group with eventual ACL repair, 50% of the people in that study chose not to have ACL repairs after going through therapy because they felt fine. Um, but then they said, you know, statistically, the analysis would say early ACL repair has better function than late ACL repair, um, you know, which has to make you think. But here's the thing on that study, um, as I actually did read through it, um, a limitation there was it was a two-year lookup. So they had people that had therapy for six months and then went down the road of getting a reconstruction afterwards. When they did the two-month follow-up, there was a lot of people in that late ACL reconstruction group that were still in therapy after the reconstruction. So it really wasn't necessarily apples apples to apples, apples, you know? You guys know how ACLs go. I mean, if you get somebody two months after, three months after an ACL repair versus somebody that was two years after an ACL repair, their function's not going to be the same if you give them, um, you know, uh, just a patient-specific outcome measure. So that was a little misleading, I think, looking at yeah. that. Uh, so you're saying 
And just to clarify, you're saying that those post-operative, like their intake at po- for the post-operative patient is going to be much, much lower. So their overall functional change is going to be more significant. Is that what I'm hearing from you? What I'm saying is that their functional assessment was done at different points of their recovery phase from an okay. ACL reconstruction. So okay. they did two years after you enrolled in the study, not two years after you had your ACL reconstructed. Hmm. Okay. Right. So, so you're just in different timelines of healing. Yeah. So if you said, I'm going to be an early ACL reconstruction, um, which was like 85 people out of the 167. Yeah. Okay. Now I see what you mean. Right. So at two years, you're now, you know, 24 months after your ACL. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Whereas if you were in the other group, you might only be eight Versus or nine months. 12. Yep. 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 Or yep. 12, 12 months, yep. depending on yep. how long it took you I to see. Yep. go through. Yep. So I just think... That's not a fair representation necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. some people feel pretty good at, you know, nine to 12 months after an ACL, but I think a lot of people continually feel better that next year as they get really confident in it. But yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you, yeah, I'm only a little more than a year out of mine and, and uh, mine was different, but still pretty significant. Me one. And, you know, I, I feel better now than I did three months ago. I'll say mm-hmm. that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I continue to notice differences there. So, um, you know, it's, I, I'm kind of with you on that. I think you're, you are, it is a little apples to oranges. Yeah, and I have to imagine even at a year out, you still know it though. Right. But I, I'm guessing at two years out, hopefully you're like barely ever think about it anymore. You know, even I, if you I still have deficits, you've probably moved beyond them. Like it is what it is. Um, I'm happy with it. It's, you know, I'm functioning how I want to function or whatever. Yeah. I think that the, the killer point to it was that you know the comparable mris that that meekins posted that was very interesting how um at, was that three years later is it that was correct? at like, two and five was that what it was two and five, two and five where the the actual ligament had repaired itself yeah and it looked nice surgery. too <laughs> and yeah. uh i think some of those studies they did on it found that the non-op naturally healing acl felt a lot better for people too that's so, just so interesting three, that's cool. three months later was it not oh i'm gonna pull it up so it said nearly nearly 60 percent of torn acls spontaneously heal without surgery in the pick that he's got it's it's ruptured acl fully healed acl seen three months later and i think that and then was they were talking the um that was maybe and, the exception to the rule a little bit but yeah. Um, anyways, like, yeah, I just like, I'm, I pulled it up on Instagram, but anyways, he's talking about like the protocol that they're going through with the cross bracing trial, um, immobilization, restricted movement. And then, you know, saying, Hey, you know, one, you can have a really high level of function even without the ACL Two, uh, doesn't necessarily prevent OA later, which is always a big argument. This is why you got to get it repaired. Um, I don't know. It was like, that was an odd thing. Like, I don't recall in PT school, maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I don't feel like we talked a lot about copers versus non-copers. Yeah, um, if I'm going to be honest, I, I just assumed everybody that tore their ACL had get surgery. Construction. I, I didn't think there was an option, if I'm going to be honest. There was right. a- and that was <laughs> that was more of a thing, like, honestly, like in ortho residency that like it like 
sticks out in my mind. Like, but then they talk about too, like, you know, when you, when you talk about like success for an ACL repair, like the stats we were given, like between somewhere between six and 20 low twenties percent can retear. And then you go, is that successful? Right. Like, is that, is that a successful surgery? But then the thing that I can't ignore in the whole thing too, is like your timeline, like age wise, right? Like, like, I, I think obviously like, again, Nick, it's a, you know, different scenario with a quad tear versus an ACL. But like, if, if you were to have torn your ACL now and you go, Hey, I'm, you know, late thirties, early forties, like, um, like I like to be active, but like, let's see what happens versus like, I'm 16. I'm getting recruited for a scholarship, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like well, six months is a big window of time to be like, okay, now I might have surgery after. What, what I was going to add though, I actually, when I was in uh, PT school, we went to CSM one year yeah, and I sat in on a, like a, a breakout session. On <laughs> you were and, a better student than me. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't really go to exciting. a single breakout session. I didn't go to CSM. But, <laughs> uh, but what they covered there, which was really, really cool, were, were they, their subset, as I recall, um, involved a couple of, you know, a few high school seniors that were awaiting scholarships and they didn't want it to get out. They tore their ACLs. They wanted to be able to finish their seasons in a conservative manner and mm-hmm. not risk that loss. I wow. do remember that distinctively. One was a wrestler, one was a basketball player. So it was very interesting data that stuck out to me all these years later. Um, but it's odd, to, uh, it's odd to think that that would be a loss in this day and age, right? Like, an ACL repair is so common, like it's not. A it's like a Tommy Johnson. Like it, at this point, right? Yeah, Correct. it's yeah. not a career ender. It's like it's it's like I'm gonna be back in, you know, 10, 11 months. I'm gonna be good to go. So yeah, it was two and five years on that study. Sorry, just to okay. interject. Um fifty six percent at two years and fifty eight percent at five years. So uh, okay. likely, if you didn't heal at two years, you're probably not gonna heal. But um, yeah. But still cool. Like, I just love the mechanic of the body to repair itself. Um, You know, they even had in that study, too, like people that chose to delay ACL but not have therapy. Um, It was like one in 20 healed um, without any, you know, just sitting around nothing for it. Um, You know, and because I first kind of heard about this with like Achilles tears where they were booting people up with Achilles tears, you know, and letting them heal. And it's like, yeah, how does that work? Like. You know, I always thought, you know, the calf would just shrink up and you'd be done for because always heard that with rotator cuff, like you better get that thing in right away or else it's going to retract and we can't do surgery. Yeah. So it was interesting with like Achilles tears. They just boot them up and say, hey, give it eight weeks, see what it looks like. I thought that was very interesting. We covered that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just crazy. The body knows what's supposed to be where, you know? Yeah. But it's hard to imagine, like, you know, a patellar tendon, quad tendon rupture, like, hard to imagine that ever healing itself, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, but could you, you know, did you guys look at that pro- cross-bracing protocol at all? Yeah, um, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, can you, can you find a spot where it just gets close enough where your body figures it out? 
you know, because you see that with nerve injuries, right? You know, nerves get severed and they yeah. find, find regenerate. Each other. <laughs> I mean, they yeah. regenerate. Um, and but even that, the the sprouting though is still different, right? It's truly never hundred percent the same. No, I mean that's kind of correct yeah. from what I recall of it. Like it's going to branch out differently, mm-hmm. um, particularly sensation wise. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it I is mean, per- does tend to do the same thing, you know. Does it just yeah. start cross bridging out until the ends meet, and then they and then how long do you give together? it, right? I mean, how? Because I mean, I was, I mean, the research I did on on my quad was like, yeah, if you don't salvage this within like ten to fourteen days, you don't have a functioning knee anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? like there, you, you lose that contact, contractile unit, that extensor mechanism, you know. So it is interesting, you know, and and I think, and I, I personally, where I was at, I'm glad I. I don't regret the decision I made, right? Because no, I, I would, the exact I wouldn't same decision. I, I wouldn't want to go like six months just to see and then have uh, it not work out, and then and you're like in a you're I, yeah, you're pretty much peg legging the rest of your life. But yeah, yeah that, that is the nice thing with the ACL is yeah, um, you have dynamic you can, control. You right, like you have if in the absence of any type of muscle tear, correct? Like yeah. you still have control there. Versus, yeah, like you said, losing an extensor mechanism. That's like what makes up for that. Mm. Yep. Bl- so if you lose your ACL, <laughs> just blast your hamstrings, right? I mean, there's some good protocols yeah. for that. Have yep. to keep the tibial shifting, you know, to a minimum. So, yeah. If, if, if nothing else, like, like you said, I, I guess, like, I think, again, I think if, like, what would I do if this happened to, like, my child? Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, hey, man, like, you're 17. You know, like six months is just such a long period when you're talking about sports, right? Like, I, I think of like how you decide that at 17 versus 27, you know, or 17 versus 35, you yep. know, where, but ultimately, I think it's just good information to have out there. So it's like, hey, this, I do have an option mm-hmm. depending on yeah. where I'm at in my life. Uh, because I think a lot of times, like, like I said, I think you confirmed that too, Casey. Like you go through school, you're like, "Yep, ACL tear. Yep, surgery." It's your only like, option. That's just uh, that's your option. Like, yeah. uh, even that cross bracing method they talk about with a what ninety cent ninety percent reheal rate, a uh, small yeah. study size, right? Fourteen on sixteen or something like that. I mean, that's huge, and that protocol is actually not that hard to follow. I mean, yeah, it stinks to flex your knee for four weeks at ninety, but yeah, I mean, in the scheme of things, it's doable if you're you know 20 30 (laughs) you know i mean that's you can move around on crutches pretty well you know and jeremy you bring up a good point when you talk about your kids that got me to thinking a little bit too you know i I just wonder how many times our kids tear like acls and stuff and we don't even know it and they heal yeah you know i mean watch these kids these gymnasts these kids on playgrounds you know their legs are in the monkey bars and they slip and their knee bends terrible. You watch, I watched my son play soccer at five and I saw these kids you yeah. know, have these huge hyperextension issues when yeah. they're stopping. And it's like, I wonder how many times they get like these injuries and we just assume they're, they're kids, they're fine, they're elastic, but they're yeah. probably yeah. maybe just tearing stuff and healing so fast because they're, you know, maybe healthy. It could um, be interesting. Could be. Yeah. Something yeah, to consider. Think yeah. about that, you know? Yeah. I mean, we, you guys, I know you're not as into the sport of wrestling as I am, but we, we see that all the time, constantly, especially in those categories. Yeah. Wrestling, wrestling. 
Um, but a little bit of know, grandma, these, as they say. Some of these guys, especially in youth, we always we refer to them the same thing you said. They're bendy, right? We talk about mm. how bendy they are. But you see some pretty um, progressive torque laterally and rotationally on these knees. And before, and then we're dealing like in these youth tournaments. We're not dealing with very well educated, well tenured referees or officials that like even the high school level are so trained and quick to like get in and stop and stop potentially dangerous move, you know, and, and identify that and be ready. Um, so in these youth events, you know, you, you see a lot of that and the coaches are the ones hollering to the refs, like pay attention to it. Right. Mm-hmm. And you wonder how many times we're like, oh, that kid's just gifted with this amazing flexibility or maybe, <laughs> maybe he's popped him a couple of times yeah. in the past. And, That's something you'll get a lot of hate for. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, tell us more, yeah. Jeremy. Tell us, yeah. yeah. We're boring you. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, do you I, have I, another podcast that you need to get to on the Twitterverse? I, I'm giggling because me uh, kids, I got, I, I had those slides pulled up on Instagram, and I laugh because there's one show like he, he always talks about not doing complete bullshit, and there is there was dry needling, and then it took me back to our court case. And, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Nick's like whatever. Let's throw this out. But hey, but no, Nick, you're probably right. I mean, how many of those bendy kids did we maybe make bendy? Yeah. You know. Yep. And then you watch them. Maybe. And, and the other piece to that is, I think I always analyze movement quite a bit. You know, and when you're like taking kids through conditioning and you're trying to, or even just training them as athletes, we talk about the kids who just look uncoordinated you know and they seem a little goofy and you're like you know maybe they've sustained some stuff that their body's in the healing process because they don't you know maybe they had pain in a moment and then they got back to life and it didn't really bother them anymore mm-hmm. but now they're just kind of a little loosey-goosey yeah it's you know? funny you know you just assume with kids that like well they can walk on it and it you know it doesn't look horrible yeah. so they must be fine <laughs> my coach told me to rub dirt on it and i was fine Right. You know, I mean, how yeah. many, how many, you know, youth kids, I'm talking pre-puberty kids that are in sports. I mean, how many times do they take a bad hit and like go get an MRI? Like it's not that common. But wouldn't you, but wouldn't you say like that, like we can say with a high level of certainty that stuff happens because like you look at all the asymptomatic imaging studies that occur, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the lifespan. And it's yeah. like, we can extrapolate that from knee to spine to shoulder stay, stay it's on like it. it's 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 telling us that you, exactly what you're saying casey like we have those injuries throughout the lifespan whether as kids or adults and it's like it's not a big deal right like and uh again i, I don't like to me that biggest thing is like kind of the old knowledge is power right like and just like knowing that like hey like these things can exist outside of pain hey these things are more normal than we think uh hey we don't need to have surgery for everything hey even if we do have surgery there's chances of retears so is that success right like and that was like that's what i came back to do like back to the whole acl topic is like man like we always think hey uh i got my acl repaired i'm good right but if you're like one out of five people has a retear is that a successful intervention and like we still deem it so. I mean, yeah, I would say it's like the time. that's okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, is that successful? You know, um, just good, good things like for people to know, good things for parents to know. 
you know, that, I hey, hope like, nobody happen to your kids. I hope nobody listening to this all of a sudden goes gets their 10 year old an MRI on their knee. That was no, not the point of my conversation. The opposite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, are you saying that they have ACL tears? Well, maybe, but it doesn't matter. Like, don't, don't go get an MRI. I'm sorry. I probably just ruined the world. I didn't mean to do that. No, I, I don't. I, I think everyone knew where you're coming from. And, and uh, I don't know, like a, that's that's what I'll tell people too, and I know we've talked about it ad nauseum on here too. But it's like I try to have those conversations with everybody in the clinic at, at some point in their plan of care, just like so you say like, hey, yeah, like we used to think this stuff was like crazy bad, and it's pretty normal, and that's okay. And yeah. again, not necessarily that it changes that person's plan of care, but you know that hey, if I'm talking to my sister or my brother-in-law or my kid or whoever it is that you can at least have that little tidbit to say like, Hey, you know what? I heard this one time. Um, maybe we go down this route, you know? So. Yeah. I pulled off a infographic. Um, it wasn't from that, but I don't remember where this is from, but it's like, you know, your ACL journey um, treatment decision, you know, and it's just kind of cool. It's like you hurt your ACL. Like the first thing mm-hmm. you do isn't go surgery. It's like gather your team, begin therapy right away, really, and then share that decision with your team, right? I, do you need to get back to sports as soon as possible? Okay, yeah, no, maybe a repair is the best yeah. thing for you. Um, is your knee unstable? Is it, you know, bending backwards? Is it slipping every time you walk? Yeah, go get surgery. If mm. not, man, there's options, right? Like, yeah. So yeah. I, I think that's a cool infographic too, just to say, hey, gather your team, take take a breath. Like you don't have to determine your plan of care tomorrow. Um, again, like we said, the good thing with the ACLs is you can sit on them. I mean, you're you're just going to put something else in there anyways. There's you know not tissue you're necessarily worrying about dying off or retracting. But but like you said though, you know if we've got you know besides the you know guys that go to CSM and sit in breakout sessions, yeah, overachievers. You know, we got other go to one conference. Going, <laughs> we got other PTs that are going, Hey, like, yeah, you get, you tear it, you go get it repaired. Right. Like, and so like, you know, then what do we expect from the general public? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, again, it's probably just a great message for our profession. Wow. You know, it's yeah. again just evaluate the the advice that we're giving too. Especially um, since this this stuff is so fresh. I mean, this information, this, this research. So it's going to take so long for it to get out in the old healthcare zeitgeist. And I heard, especially I heard when it gets seventeen years from the time that like new research gets into like clinical practice. That's wild. <laughs> Because Seven. how what percent of orthos, if if you're gonna take Jeremy, if you're gonna take a 17-year-old male athlete, blew his ACL, say he's a junior, blew his ACL in basketball, his goal is to get back for a senior football season. How many orthos is he gonna go see that are like, you know what? There's some new evidence out there that <laughs> if we just brace you for like four weeks, six weeks, it might grow back on its own. Should we take that <laughs> chance? Yeah. And it no. might feel better and stronger. It's like, oh yeah, you tore your ACL right there. Here it is <laughs> on this MRI, and we're gonna go in, we're gonna fix you up tomorrow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, and I mean and then, again, that's yeah, not, that's not always bad advice. I'm not here to crap on surgery. Correct. There's definitely cases where it's applicable, but yeah, you know, even talking, you know, 17 years, I mean, geez, the copers and non-copers study for ACLs is 
I mean, that's got to be close to that old, you know, so we're already. Yeah, you know. yeah that would put me back in PT school. I mean, yeah. what we're talking about. And I think that, I, you know, it's been out there. It will continue to grow. And I think it's just nice to have another option, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, it's nice to have that. And I like what you said, Casey, like, it, it's not like we have to crap on surgery either. I think as therapists, no. we, we kind of get a little bit of a bad rep on that stuff too. Um, I just think That's we, we need to kind of just have a better maybe a better um, algorithm for, for following like when it's, when it's really the best choice and when it's maybe not necessarily recommended. Did you, you guys saw that he had that on there too? What's that? Uh, What was that? Oh, they were saying a a screening system. So they said uh, the screening system was if you have a confirmed ACL rupture uh, with no other ligament or meniscal injury, you have full pain-free range of motion. You have no joint swelling and you have 70% quad strength. And the fifth was you have the ability to tolerate hopping within two months of your injury. That's pretty good. So they kind of use that as a screener to say, is surgery required or not? Oh. So that's kind of, again, like, gives us but that, gives some tools. You talked 17 years and that was from uh, Fitzgerald et al. in 2000. Yeah. 22 uh, years. Because that was like that original like determination of coper versus non-coper and what it would look like yeah so 22 years i gotta think some of those categories some of some of those criteria pieces could probably be evolved too you know maybe a little bit they said yeah then they said and then after that you need to have greater than 80 percent on crossover triple and timed hot tests less than two episodes of giving way greater than 80 percent on the knee outcome survey and greater than 60 percent on the glib global rating of knee function to be actually considered a culprit. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just, yeah, I was just talking with a PT student uh, this last weekend at tailgating and he was talking about being excited. We're going into knees in school and um, he was talking about always big into ACLs. And I was like, it'd be cool to do some research where you really dial in an algorithm to say, who's accelerated ACL recovery, who's normal ACL recovery, who is like, kid glove ACL recovery um, and have, you know, at X weeks determination because you yeah. could slide, you could slide laterally if you needed to. I don't think it's fair to say somebody's an accelerated ACL protocol candidate day one and then leave them in that silo the whole time um, without reassessing that. But you could even put this in there now and go, you know, after tear, you know, if you hit these markers at two months, if you hit these markers at six months, like just keep going, you're, you're on the right path or do yep. you need to slide yep. over to repair? Um, so I think there's just stuff that needs to be, needs to be researched more. I think it's cool though. I, yeah. I love the human body healing itself stuff. I think that's just great. Yep. And uh, and I think Jeremy would remember this because they're, and the other thing you got to take into consideration, I like the effect you said, you got to take into consideration potential for lateral sliding or, Maybe, maybe things shift within the same person. Because, Jeremy, do you remember that college soccer player we rehabbed, that ACL? And 100%. she ended up a Cyclops she, lesion. She had to you go know? back to to the AT and Sioux Falls. <laughs> yeah, but then she ended up back with it. I mean, it was all I know, good, I know. But, yeah, but it was it like, was. yeah, at first it was like, I don't know, I think we need to work on your extension. I, I hear you. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think that just happened. That's a trust thing, right? Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, then they were like, oh no, you got a cyclops lesion and that's what developed because you just laid your body's laying down way too much collagen as you're repairing itself. You know, so I mean those things can happen too. There's always outliers like that that you know slow you down too. And maybe that's a post-surgical thing. Maybe 
you know, and you can never know that until you go in and have surgery and then you see how your body reacts to it. But, you know, in that situation, maybe you're a lot better off not having surgery and you're trying to cope. Yeah. Because instead you're on the shelf. Holy crap. By the time she got cleared, it was a long time. There is a pretty cool, uh, um, (coughs) are you guys, you guys familiar with Mick Hughes? Uh, he's like, he's supposed to be PT out of Australia. Like supposed to be a big, like ACL guy. Um, but, uh, he came out with like a a little like ACL guy too, that I I thought was like pretty comprehensive as far as like progression through return to sport and like, right. Like that's always a big question too, is like, like what, you know, like, right. We talk, uh, U of pit return around test, the uh, mm-hmm. crossover test, drop jumps, like single leg hop, 40 centimeters, like, like what, what composite tests do you use for return to sport? And like, there's a lot of wiggle room in what you deem is like, cool. Right. And you, like, and you have to, Hey, you, you nailed something with that. You have pit one too. I don't know if it's been advanced much. Have you, have you no. seen it? Has it updated? I should look uh, into see if it has. Not that I've seen, but uh, yeah, that's what. This was originally published in like thirteen, I think. But, Fourteen, yeah, somewhere in there. So, but yet it's so. I think the concern with that though too, you you need therapists that are willing to have and have a good discerning eye too, because yeah. there's some subjectivity in that stuff. Hundred percent, and not Great. mean one way or the other, not be like you know, the Nazi that needs perfection, but also you know not on the other end where it's like. Oh yeah, they they were able to do the treadmill aspect like no problem, and yet you you know I've I've done I've been there, dude. But I've gone <laughs> over to wash. I'm like they're limping like shit. Like yeah, we got we still have work to do here. Don't so, just do it because you're trying to be the nice guy. Yeah, right. Yep. You got to get your bias away when you do those things. Yeah, because yep. you're right. Too. And then but then there's like challenges too when you like look at contralateral leg and their like control is terrible too, and you're like, yeah. So that's like, what did yeah. what did we expect about like what did we expect was, from the operated side? But that, but, but you know? Jeremy, now if you're gonna go with your with you if you're gonna do the um like the triple crossover test, you know triple hop yeah. crossover, yeah, hey, that's that. all compared to the contralateral, anyways. Yep, yep. And then uh, then I get into it too, where I'm like, uh, being a basketball player growing up, like right-handed basketball player, like my left, I can jump like crazy off my left foot, but not my right. And so you look at that and you go like, how do you, how do you corroborate that in terms of like 90%, you know, like Mm -hmm. if my left leg is within 90% of my right, but usually my left was 120% of my right. It's it's challenging. You're right. Like, that's like the, the point where, you know, protocols and things like that can only take us so far. Like we're still called to be clinicians. (laughs) and that's part of that guide. but per our conversations the previous few weeks that's kind of the, the art of what we talk about that still Correct. needs to exist like yep. the science just isn't there because there's going to be the differences between patient to patient but it, it's dynamic you got to meet the patient where they are too and yep. like i said i'm also not a favorite of that that movement nazi that's got to see them for 45 visits till they're like you know perfect and they got immaculate you know, movement going on bilaterally. Mm. Yep. You know what's not perfect? A lot of Stephen King movies. Stephen King adaptation. following five <laughs> Stephen King movies. I love it. You segue. <laughs> I never get to do it. I wanted to. I love it. That's great. Oh, oh good. No wonder you guys do that. That's nice. 
it's fun. It's fun. I got to do that at work today too. <laughs> oh. Look at these skills you're developing on this pod. Segway at work. Uh, yeah, top five. Uh, the opposite of our list last week. The top five worst or least favorite Stephen King movie adaptations in our humble, honest opinions. Um, one piece of criteria, I've mentioned this last week, really briefly passing, but these have to be movies you've seen. You've actually had to see these. You can't just, Jeremy, you you're, can't just. You're pushing me here, man. You can't just Google Stephen King lists and then go by <laughs> IMDb scores. Man, I didn't have time to watch 17 movies this, <laughs> this week, man. I didn't man, either. I you, I Jeremy, didn't. I'd give you a pass. <laughs> <laughs> In case you just want to see your whatever Nazi. list here. I give you one of these, Jeremy. Because I can't wait to hit on one of mine and then hear, hear your response to it. Um, but, Jeremy, do you want to go first this week? or There, there are a couple of these. I'm, I'm going to say like, I have not seen it in entirety or not that I recall. So I'm going to apologize for that up front. You, you walked out of it. This, you're so disgusted. This, no, I wouldn't go to that. In <laughs> most of these, most of these were uh, VHS rentals from Sight, Sound, and Body and Candy. Oh, <laughs> VHS! I like it. Are they willing to sponsor us? No, they're not. Do, in they don't exist anymore. <laughs> I can start doing promos for them. We should just start every episode with one of those. I think they're Duke Energy now, if if I'm not mistaken. Oh, so okay. some yeah. windmill tech, but maybe they'll sponsor us. I don't know. Uh, but I did see five this. day rental for two dollars and get one <laughs> seven day rental for fifty cents. Just post hashtag shop talk. <laughs> this if you uh, to my sight sound video. <laughs> what was it called? I got to work on that. I can. Yeah. It's your number one place for VHS rentals in Camden, Minnesota. <laughs> We've been this, renting uh, VHS since nineteen seventy two. Stopped in this... 1998, but <laughs> we moved to DVD. <laughs> this one you're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to forgive me, and I'll go first. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this one I actually did watch. I, I believe if I'm looking through a, a DVD uh, flip book that I still have, I, I actually own this one. Wow. Um, but uh, again, one that no bad enough to back in on. my this was my back. Back in my college days, where it was like a new movie came out, I'm gonna go to Walmart at you know one in the morning and buy it. Ooh. Um, so uh, purchase, <laughs> yeah, this was uh, well, it's probably just poor decision making, but uh, <laughs> this one was uh, 2004. Uh, my fifth is again because I didn't think it was a great movie and I found out it was a Stephen King movie, but The Secret Window. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Johnny Very Depp, um, you know, doing his doing his writer thing, uh, going through his divorce, you know, creepy. Yeah, it's pretty creepy setting, I thought. Yeah. Um, it, but just overall, didn't boring. I don't have kind a, of I don't boring, have a, right? Yeah, it was like, you know, kind of like typical stuff that you'd expect, like the the creepy guy that comes up and ah, you stole my sword, you know, you stole my sword. Yeah, story. that's right. Yeah. You know, and uh but you know, of course he's out in the in the middle of the woods and but um uh, uh, overall I thought that was a pretty horrible movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Very so. of the t- of the times, like twenty years ago, where yeah. every scary mo- it was like PG thirteen and it was it gonna was- have like a big twist at the end yeah and 
in, in which I'm not, a, I've said this before, I'm not a big fan of either because it feels like they're, they're just, it's cheap. And like, we're going to spend 90% of this movie taking you one way. And then at the very end, we're going to be like, ah, he's actually the bad guy. And I can't tell you, like, <laughs> I, again, I, I don't have the ability to say, like, I read the book that it, or the short story that it was based on or whatever it was, but neither. Um, yeah. Uh, Good choice. Movie, sucked. Movie. movie sucked. Yeah. yeah it made with you. It's on my okay. short list of crappy ones. Yeah. And <laughs> I do remember writing. Well, um, Casey, as you and I are a little bit more well-versed in the master of horror. Do we... You definitely are. Um, I'll go second. <laughs> I, I feel solid in my seconds uh, position okay. on this list. Um, he likes being in the middle, Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah, Weird. I like it's cozy. Um, <laughs> there is because there's definitely some bad Stephen King movies I haven't seen. Uh, yeah, so same here. Yeah. Throw this in my middle middle list and uh, make you angry right off the back, Nick, because I did allude to it from 1989 and it's Pet Cemetery. I mm-hmm. here's the deal. Um, it does not hold up well for me uh, as okay. do, uh, another uh, movie on this list. I don't know. It's okay. just the, the accents. Or horrendous uh, in that movie. Uh, it's hard for me to watch uh, those main accents of the people, the townies. The, everybody's creepy and weird in that movie for no reason. I've heard it referred to as like I, I've never read the book, but like when they talk about both movies, it's like some of the darkest stuff you ever get. Yeah, as far I, as like tone and yeah tone. And I think that you know I have to imagine in '89 when it came out. Um, that was pretty tough because they do pull on the heartstrings. I mean, there's a lot of scenes with him and his son, yeah, <laughs> you know, that he's alive and you're like, oh, he loves his son. And, um, but then I think, well, after that, once he has risen, um, it gets really cheesy, I think, and just plays off the, yeah, but you can't like tell me that for a long, know. every now and again, you don't sit out of your bed and wonder if somebody's going to slice your Achilles tendon. <laughs> yeah. Not I mean, ever. That's no, not ever. I've never yeah, worried about squirmy scene, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just doesn't hold up for me. I think it's overly cheesy now and pulls out some strings. The The kid, every scene with the kid is like a clearly a doll. Like, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I actually prefer the remake, which I know is. I was just going to ask if you've seen it. I, I haven't seen the remake yet. Just didn't really. I like that actor too, that Jason Clark guy. I kind of yeah. like him. Um, I thought it was okay. I thought the ending was, I think I liked the ending better in the remake. Uh, the original is definitely more to the book. Um, the remake mm-hmm. takes some liberties, but okay. I don't know. And like the Pet Cemetery 2, the movie is just, it's like two hours of just build up and the whole thing. It's just like tension, tension, tension. And That's I just, good. Ah, oh. yeah. It wasn't know. on my it's, short. It's why it's five for me. It's not a terrible movie, but. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's a lot of bad Stephen King movies I haven't seen that I'm sure would bump this off the list pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, correct. I, I think a couple of mine, that, that's definitely true for my short list, and then a couple of these ones that are on my actual list list, like a couple of them aren't god-awful. But if you look, if you were to Google, like, because I did do the Googling just to see if I was missing anything again, mm-hmm. there's like 46 movies that have been adapted, and, yeah. and a bunch of them at the bottom, I just haven't seen. Yeah, they sound like, horrible. When it looks so bad. Of them. Yeah, yeah, it's like, wow, I don't even want to see that. Yeah. Um, All the stuff so in yeah. the 80s and early 90s where you're like, mm-hmm. so my, yeah, mine's like whether it doesn't hold up or it was just never good to begin with. Um, so I'll jump to mine. My number five uh, has been made twice as well. Um, I think they, they sell a lot, actually made twice. Um, 
So mine's the original Firestarter from 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot that I want to like about this movie. You know, I like the whole ex- <laughs> experimental and, and so like better shows have kind of ripped off this idea too. like Stranger Things, like, you know, the whole ex- experimenting on people with, um, you know, like, like drugs and then creating, in that case, offspring that have supernatural powers. But, you know, same thing here. Yeah, um, I mean, he's ripped himself off with that a hundred yeah. times. I mean, the yeah. Institute, the book, the Institute came out a few years ago and it was pretty yeah. much spot on. And I think I, I I don't mind um David Keith as like an actor, but you know, he, he's he's again, you mentioned accents, he's messing around with like a southern accent and it doesn't work. It actually makes him seem like very humor. I mean, it's kind of funny to laugh at some of it. Yeah. Um the only you know, the only reason it's not higher for me is that I do believe George C. Scott is amazing as Brain Bird in this movie. He's like the one redeeming thing as like the assassin who tries to get close to her. And, uh, you know, he's so good as, as a villain and I enjoy that part of it, but the rest of the movie, like the scenes with the fire and her creating fireballs, it's, it sucks. I mean, those <laughs> things don't hold up well. The effects are bad. Um, Drew Bear, I know everybody likes to look back fondly on Drew, but I mean, she wasn't great though. I mean, it's, some of it's, I don't know, it doesn't fit. Kid actors in the eighties sucked. They were all overrated, I think. I think about that. Before. Kid actors nowadays are knocking out of the park compared to those. Well, they're, they're probably, yeah, they're little shop kids from their parents. Their parents are grooming them at like the age of one to be a thespian. Well, it's working, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> These kids so, are better actors than most of the actors in the 80s now. Yeah. So that's, that's what that's true. Is Firestarter. The 80s were 80s, 80s. They sucked. Goonies. <laughs> Goonies, right? It's like all time, though. Yeah, I mean, there's a Brad Pack. What about the Brad Pack? I suppose they're not kid kids. Yeah, they weren't kid kids, though. I I think of you know pre-puberty kids. Uh, Chunk. Yeah, and even (laughs) Goonies, I think was Goonies was more of the charm of Goonies than it really was the acting of Goonies. You tread on ice, bro. So, final thing on Firestarter, I guess the remake that came out earlier this year is, is even worse. And, and, and it almost makes me want to watch it yeah. just to see if it's that. I want to, I, I kind of want Zach Efron to like do something good, but apparently he's just not right now. So, Jeremy, how about you with your number four? You know, this is, a, this is where I get, like, I don't even remember if I saw this or not. So, this is. Like, oh, I, I was searching on lists, so like I appreciate Casey's ability to allow it. Um, but uh, the the one that I I came up with this was a sight, sound, and body one, and I'm pretty sure I watched most of it through a a blanket. But uh, was Lawnmower Man, mm-hmm. uh, 1992, um, a little bit of mind control, <laughs> uh, a little bit. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan, right? Like uh, being this evil doctor. Um, like I, I don't know. Like I, like I can't tell you a ton about this. Like I told you, Nick, I have, I've never seen it twice. Uh, I'll no. tell you that much. It wasn't worth um, seeing once. So. <laughs> Thirty years ago. <laughs> but Jeff Fahey. But, the main you know guy. what? No, you know what though? I do. Like I do remember thinking it's creepy, right? Like. Like at that age, and I was like eight or nine years old, 
in like when you when you start thinking mind control and you think like man like this could happen that that's creepy but but uh, i'm I'm assuming i know your answer jeremy but casey have you ever read the short story no it has nothing nothing at all it's actually really stupid it's incredibly stupid it's about a crazy lawnmower man he's like eating the grass and creeping this guy out he's literally (laughs) in a lawnmower man then he murders people in a lawnmower so It's it's I didn't make my list. You're right. It's absolutely shitty. It's a terribly shitty movie. It didn't make my list because it has like it's it's not even listed as an adaptation because it has nothing to do with the source material. I well, think he, had, he famously got sued. Like, well, I think he sued them. Yeah, that's what I mean. The guy that made think, the movie got sued. Yeah, because they took the rights to they got the title and that's all they did and they sold yeah. it on his name. Yeah, yeah. And then, and yeah, it does pull his name off of it. It was. It has zero to do with, and I'm not saying the short, short story is really, really crappy, but um, it's a completely different story. It has nothing to do. With he kills people reality. with lawnmowers in this movie as well, though, Nick. Okay, there's okay. So maybe they won their. That's case. maybe the only connection. Both, <laughs> both a real and a virtual lawnmower. Do you guys I think? What do you think? Murder in this what do you movie? think the odds are? Do you think we could get uh, Mr. King and the creator of that movie to come to PT Shop Talk Court sometime? I doubt it. Yeah, but Jeremy out there, Judge. Seems nice. Yeah. Until I'll let him know how big of a fan Jeremy is. We'll we'll try to get him on here. Huge so fan. Would you guys right, like if to... you give me some time, I'll read I'll try to read some and watch some more movies. But... <laughs> Would you guys like to have your case arbitrated by, by Nick and Casey? <laughs> and Jeremy mm-hmm. will put the final ruling on to see if Mr. King wins the money. Yeah. Given money, I, I don't know if I could defend that movie at all. Yeah, uh, yeah. Crappy movie. movie though. Very yep. good, Jeremy. Uh, my number four from 1984 is Children of the Corn. Um, yeah, pretty standard slasher movie with again, I think child actors, especially back then, were terrible. Um, the dude that plays as Isaac, the the main kid. Uh, the dude was actually 25, I believe, when he did the movie, which is crazy. Um, For real? The little guy? Yeah. No <laughs> like way. Grown adult. Um, huh. Had whatever, I don't know, disease. But um, hmm. he, he's horrible. <laughs> um, you hmm. know, the the whole thing is bad. I, I don't... Malachi? Corn's, um, Malachi was the best part, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, he, he's a pretty scary actors. guy. He was like, yeah. I mean, scary. he had some Linda Hamilton? There. Yeah, Linda Hamilton. Hamilton. Who's yeah, the I'm just so used to like seeing Linda Hamilton, and she kicks ass in this movie a little bit, but like she starts no. out kind of defenseless. She's not and, Sarah Connor, though. Yeah, right. Like just hide and go stay in the car, lock the doors. Right, okay. Like, Did you have that nasty? At people. I don't is know. it a garbage disposal scene or a blender? There's a machine? meat slicer scene. Yeah, I know for sure where they jam the hand, uh, cut the yeah. when they bust into the restaurant and kill everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, bad stuff. Nah, it's not good. But um, and then there's like a monster at the end. Yeah, the whole movie is just I don't know. I didn't. Yeah, like I agree. It. It's not very good. No, and somehow they made like a million of them after that. Yeah, I did. Did you see any of them? No, 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 never saw it. It's like tremors, like they they've made like a thousand oh, no, tremors. tremors looked, is a different oh, series. Now Casey's like that. Keep tremors <laughs> out your mouth. Yeah, man. that's got a that's that's a spot in my heart for sure. Tremors too. I big. think they said they did ten <laughs> Children of the Corn movies. That's unbelievable. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. Casey was about to dream on green me about tremors. So I'm, I'm oh, send you that fist bump emoji. Watch out. Ooh. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, that's a very good crappy movie, Casey. Very good. <laughs> um, my number four, I've been waiting a week to say this. I'm just going to jump in. Dark Tower uh, <laughs> from 2017. Um, it, made my, <laughs> a, it made my list this week. <laughs> what? It can't make both. <laughs> it does. Jeremy, it all out. Too many movies. That math doesn't out. add up, Jeremy. <laughs> no, you've been debunked. It was uh, my fifth favorite movie, and it might be my worst movie too. And I oh, honestly, yeah. so was it? It's a worse. No, that doesn't. That's not. I don't think that works. Um, <laughs> the science is sketchy on that. I don't think so. Come on, guys. Send it to Meekers. See if he'll he'll work it out for you. Uh, <laughs> so I honestly had this. I I pretty positive it ended up in my worst adaptations before last week's list. So when Jeremy mentioned it, I you know it was my fifth I favorite. My, I had to bite my tongue a little bit. Um, <laughs> the one read, you know, he you did mention a couple of good things. Um, <laughs> the the actors involved are good actors typically idris elba i yeah. don't think he's great in this i think he's done a lot better matthew mcconaughey i do think he does a very strong job as a villain and mm-hmm. i think you'd be cool to see him do a little bit more of that um i think he really sunk his teeth into it now with all that said the rest of the movie um you could tell they just didn't know what they want to make that's yeah. the, you know and and as we said casey i said 13 books i'm not sure if it's fully 13 or what but it'll be close they took a lot of elements from this and they, they condensed it down. I looked it up again yesterday. It's like 93 minutes long. I mean, you're cramming a ton of stuff in there. A lot of big ideas that just needed to be fleshed out and it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's, it's too rushed. It's sloppy. It's, and, and then as I mentioned too, the, they took this weird idea of basically creating a sequel to a movie that's never been made before but it's a sequel to these books that came out. So, I mean, the audience alone right there, it's like, it doesn't make much sense to me, you know? So that's my number four, Dark Tower from 2017. Yeah, very confusing. I've read the books and I still know what the movie's about. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's just lost potential. And again, in Jeremy's defense, if I knew nothing of Stephen King, I probably would think it was an average to slightly below average movie because the visuals are cool. There's some scenes like when he's gun, when he's gunslinging. Those are pretty cool scenes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You know, but but, but don't just, they? I the just kid, got frustrated the whole time. So don't the kids' parents get killed by McConaughey and he's got and and it's like yeah. he's over it super fast. Isn't yeah. it kind of like eh, okay? I'm moving yeah. on. That I doesn't mean, that just, doesn't fit. He didn't like his parents. He liked his mom. He didn't like his. A stepdad or whoever it was, it was, you know, it was okay yeah, that. all that stuff from book two that they tried to jam into you know a movie about book one and i don't know yeah the gunslinger the book alone could have just been a good movie it yeah they should just start a little bit should just do what they're doing dune just kind of break it out try it nibble it a little bit we're gonna try it and if it works then we can make more yeah great actors let them just act what you have i don't think you need to cram a ton of stuff spider-man yeah. 3 all over again Oh, not a Stephen King movie, but I get what you're saying. Yes. Uh, Sam Raimi, right? That's horror. We're close. Did point. he do the third one? Yes, he did the first three. Yeah, all there three. Go. There you go. Evil Dead, Stephen King. It's all the same. We got Jeremy, number three. 
Number three. This, uh, this actually, uh, again, falls into – actually, I think all of these I've only seen one time, but uh, due to how long bad ago Bad movies, was, I would hope you don't continue to watch them. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I've got one <laughs> that I've seen a ton of times. <laughs> what? Come on. Yep. It'll make sense when I say glutton for punishment. My my number three is Children in the Corn as well. Um, you actually I don't seen know that. that I can say much about it that you didn't, Casey. Um, but you know, like again, the creep factor being like, I don't think I saw this until it would have been like ninety four or ninety five. Huh. Um, but being like in that age group, like eight, nine, ten years old, like you're like. That was creepy, man. Like those kids are creepy, and I just I I look it up. Yeah, I was twenty five years old. Mm. I had a little growth hormone deficiency, yeah. but uh, no, like our whole town, after. right? Like our whole town was surrounded by corn. Yeah, so it was like kind of this like. So were you like, cheering for the kids when you watched this movie? No, but at some yeah, point no. you're like you Keep realize them. you do realize like how much of your like just the fact that your town is alive is based on corn. <laughs> like yeah. you were like, could, could this happen? Could there be some weird cult? You know, could, you know, like, I don't know. Um, I thought it was creepy. I think kids, especially in those old movies are creepy. I'm never watching <laughs> it again, but uh, yeah. I think all, I think all horror movies suck. So it's an easy number three. Oh, on that list. Yeah. I, I I'm guess not I a don't... savant like you guys. I don't hate it as much as you guys, maybe because I, I remember when we watched it as kids, we went out to a court. It was, must've been summer or fall because we went out to a court field and played like children in the corn afterwards and like pretend, just try to scare each other like big time. Why? Cause it's fun. It's fun to be scared. I don't know. It's fun to get your heart rate up. So one of you had a briefcase and you're running through the corn yeah, and the other were that detail. We just went and hid in the corn and then started like trying yeah. to, to find each other and creep that's how you disappear forever. Be careful in that corn. Uh, I don't believe it. He made a he made another movie about like grass, grass tall grass yeah. or something. That looked like sun. Yeah. Yeah, I never watched it, but pretty well, decent. I think it was a Netflix direct to Netflix movie. I should and so is that one with Thomas Jane in nineteen twenty two or twenty seven or mm-hmm. something like I should check those out since we got it and just see if they're any good. Okay. So did your homework for the list. My I, heard, number, I heard it's terrible. Yeah. My number three, I've been waiting a week to say this, is The Dark Tower. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, just, uh, I told you it made my list again. You guys, it's a very, guys, very disappointing movie for me. And again, that's more probably coming from being a King fan, so I don't have a whole lot else to say about it. But it's I was pumped for it because I thought the books had some cool scenes that would be awesome on a movie. I didn't know how they were going to do it, though, because there are some of those books that, like, uh, Wizard's Glass or whatever it's called, doesn't progress the plot at all for 800 pages. I was like, this is going to be hard to make a movie out of. Uh, So they failed right out the gate, so I guess I didn't have to worry about it. So, yeah, my number three, Dark Tower. All right. Good choice. Great great choice. Super crappy movie. (laughs) Jeremy! You're number two. No, number three. No, Nick, you have a number you three. Got, you oh, got I, a number three. three. Sorry, I got her order mixed up. I was so excited to hear Jeremy's rebuttal. Um, anyways, <laughs> you did that my, my number three, um, I'll jump in with cuts two or from 1996. It's called Thinner, a movie about a gentleman who accidentally uh, 
runs over a gypsy lady and gets uh, gets out of it, um, gets a gypsy curse placed on him. Also, the judge involved and somebody else, um, the defense attorney, gets like a gypsy curse put on him too. Um, really just crappy, 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 crappy movie. Uh, bad acting all the way around. Joe Montana is particularly awful as like a hitman. Um, it's it's so bad, it's funny. I, mean, I think they tried to make it that way. So, I mean, maybe you could say it's not a bad movie because they're trying to be slightly humorous. I don't know. It just sucks. It's really bad. The gypsies are bad. Um, there's some twists at the end too that are supposed to catch you off guard. There's some just lame, gross out scenes where after like when body decays the guy leans over and like makes out with big kisses her you know goodbye after he kills her um yeah i don't know it sucks the ending's really bad too where he tried he puts the gypsy curse he's able to transition it does it to his wife so he's happy about that but then he accidentally kills his daughter in the process and then he decides to kill himself too i mean it's just kind of morbid and really just crappy so thinner is my number three yeah, good choice. I tried watching that in my youth, and it was so damn boring, I couldn't watch it. So, I never really finished bad. it. Probably be higher on my list if I could have finished it. But. Really bad. Me and, me and a couple of buddies that wrestled, we, we make jokes about there. Like, I wish I could have a gypsy curse place on me during wrestling season. <laughs> That's oh, a tough thing oh, to oh, wish oh. for. Yeah, but then you gotta know when to shut it off. So. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That was like a weird Stephen King time because I think Needful Things must have came out similar. A little, little bit just before that, yeah. Yeah. And they yeah. just all felt like these like uh, unnecessarily drawn out movies on a single <laughs> silly short story that should yeah. not, you know, there just wasn't enough meat on the bone to make these movies. Totally. And you you were, you know, you're kind of, you're old enough to remember that era too. And I, I kind of do recall there being a period in that mid 90s where he wasn't as cool anymore. Like it just the, these movies that were coming out were were his like B level C level material, mm. and all the good stuff had kind of come and gone already. He wasn't as he wasn't as popular as in the eighties. He was like super crazy popular, and like really early nineties. But what kept him kind of going in the in that consciousness was like we talked about last week. Shawshank came out in like what ninety four, you know. But he didn't he wrote that under his ghost name, so I mean it wasn't really marketed as a Stephen King, you know. Uh, adaptation. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I have to imagine it's a bad movie. We got Crappy it too, movie. Jeremy. Jeremy. Well, no, uh, you were you were just talking about that, like uh, you know, after after us like having this conversation over the last couple of weeks. I didn't watch it yet, but it semi fits with my number two. Um, Dark Tower. There's like the Mister Mister Harrigan's phone mm. that just came out on Netflix. Mm. You guys see that? Uh, I haven't seen it. Read the uh, read the read the short story. I think that was in his uh, Reign of Blood or whatever his last collection was. Slayer, cool. Maybe yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll get out there and watch it. But uh, the only connection really is the cell phone piece of it. Um, And my number two is cell. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) The uh, John Cusick Samuel L. Jackson connection again after fourteen oh eight. I don't know. Like, again, from that, so you had to watch this, huh? You know what? I did think honestly, I thought that was a good movie. Um, like it was worth watching. I think those actors are worth watching. Um, but again, I don't know, I don't have anything to like compare it to as far as the, the story of it. Um 
I think they said it came out in 2006. Um, but just like kind of, a, I think kind of a weird concept that just everyone just turns into mindless killers because they have cell phones. Um, and then at the end, if I'm remembering correctly, like he thinks he like destroys it, but then he's infected himself. So, um, I don't know, just a weird ending. Um, I thought the movie sucked. I like my cell phone. I like to believe that I'm not going to become a mindless killer. Um, so that's my number two. So your biases are driving that. Yeah. Nick, do you remember the horror movies they that came out around that time where like they would people would die through like their cell phones and stuff? I don't know if I ever it was, saw like, that. Like demons from the other side could transfer through your electrical. Huh. So people oh, would have, I know. Like, was that foil their that rooms? Time? Yeah, apparently it must have been a thing because I've never seen the Stephen King movie, but I saw that movie and like it was decent. Um, oh, yeah, it d- doesn't ring a bell to me. Yeah. I'll produce it after I'm done with my cool. number two uh, from 1986. I've mentioned this before. It's Maximum Overdrive. Whew. What a stinker. Uh, yeah, nobody <laughs> liked it. The people in it hated it. Stephen King hates it. Uh, he made it. it. He made it. He, he actually it. directed it. it. Was um, that the only one he did direct? I believe it's the only one he's ever done. Uh, it was so bad. Did he? Did he do some segments of Creep Show? Uh, maybe he did a little bit. Hey, of, I can't remember, but yeah, I don't know. If may, he did as far any, as the main, main I don't title. know if he did any directing in Creep Show or if he just kind of helped produce it. But um, yeah, I don't know if there's really much redeeming here. Um, yeah. The the kill scenes are cheesy. They're sitting in the. Uh, I would say the one thing is they had a lot of good like character actors, um, yeah. but they didn't give them anything to do. Uh, Emilio sit in the diner um and watch these semi trucks go round and round. Um yeah, it's horrible. I boy. I, Jeremy watch it sometime. It's terrible. You yeah. enjoy how bad it is. So um I saw that I saw it on the list. It's bad. Yep. I you like, yeah, that, that's what I saw. It was like he directed it and he was like never again type of a thing. So yeah, yeah it's not. Oh, it's bad. It's I don't good. even know what to say. I, yeah, like there's no. Well, I, I, I can fill in some blanks because it's my number two. Oh, perfect. <laughs> do that. I'll uh, I'll do some producing on that other. I think this, movie. Yeah, the special effects are are really really bad. Um, the scene with the steamroller on the kid in the league field. I mean, when he comes through the other side, it's like almost obvious. It's like a cardboard cutout of a kid. That's <laughs> like that's like there. Um, I, I the only it, it really. And when I get to it, um, I'll explain it. But the only reason it's not number one on my list, I, I think, is because I, I don't think it's trying to take itself like crazy seriously. Um, I always wonder if Stephen, that's the way King directed it as well. Um, but yeah, just a really bad movie. You got some okay actors that are not doing a good job in this. Plot is really bad. Um, yeah, Meteor causes the vehicles to come alive. And possesses them with evil abilities. Um, <laughs> may, maybe another reason it's not number one is the soundtrack. I mean, obviously it's kind of a legendary ACDC soundtrack, so that probably allows it to live a little bit higher, a little bit longer. But what I mentioned earlier, and I'll hand it over to Jeremy for number ones, is um, I've seen this one a ton of times because it's just fun to watch, kick back a few beers, and just like chuckle along with because it's it is so bad it's funny. So. Yeah, it's definitely on seen... a similar scale to like the room or anything like that. Or yeah, it's so you just, bad. You, like, have oh, you seen trucks? 
Is it based on the book? Is there another? Isn't there another one? Uh, like another Stephen King one called Trucks. Well, the book that yeah, was a book. Casey's, it's a the, short story or something. short story. Yeah, it's based on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they made yeah. another movie of that too. Really, I'm unfamiliar with. In '97. I wonder if that's like somebody trying to remake it then. I think it was different, but like, yeah, it's just odd. It's odd that he's got like again. I don't, I'm not familiar with his his work necessarily, but uh, like how many just like inanimate objects like technology or cars that he wants to come alive and kill people. Well, it's a, it's a cautionary tale, right? Don't be a slave yeah. to your you know you become a slave to your technology that you make, and he's, he's kind of right on, you know. But yeah, I'm sure that's what he was going for. That is what he's going for. He said it. He said it. Oh. I told you. I'm from Nodak. I, we just cut to the quick. Um, I told him it was a cautionary tale, and they just agreed. With no, him. he said that. And actually, that's what. And and I think that's where ACDC got the source material for "Who Made Who" as a song, because that's all about like he's they're talking about video game addiction, and and you know that had just been a big boom, and it was so cut like arcades and everything were cutting in and so it's just like you know cautionary tale nothing it's not like they're breaking new ground either people said that for years with everything the technology you kind of become a slave to it yeah so maybe it should be like not on the top bottom five oh, it, should, it should be yeah it's crappy <laughs> <laughs> jeremy what do you got numero uno guys guys my number one i got bullied into uh it's the tower I can't but believe how bad I love it. I can't believe how bad this movie is. It can't be. It cannot be your number one. I love it. Is. By I that, lot, no, by that logic, two through four should have been on your list last week. No, it shouldn't. It's, it's, in, it's inverse. <laughs> no, you're backwards, bro. Oh, uh, I can't believe how bad that movie is. Like how it doesn't. Did you give it a second viewing since we talked? Have you read all the books since last week? That's all he's been doing. Yeah, you read all the books. Uh, You went lawnmower man, put the VR on, (laughs) just pumped them all into your body. Volumes down in Montague this week, Nick, because I'm just screaming here, reading (laughs) audibles. Yeah, I've had the earbuds in with every patient. I don't know a single thing they said. You guys are yeah. right. That did suck. <laughs> I, it's so bad. I can't believe it. So, <laughs> you had, but you had it as your fifth best last week. But yeah. it can't, it can it can't be, be your it can worst. Be inverse. It can be no, inverse. not the no, I like, because by, like I said, I like how you're doing your list, Jeremy. So your number one worst is actually my your best. Yeah, it's Fifth your best, best of the worst. It's your worst, but that's hey, no Nick because and I by are that doing worst of the worst, you were doing best of the worst. You guys well, by that log- okay, by today's logic, <laughs> your your numbers two through five today should be better than that, right? It's a, no, no, they shouldn't be though. because I was I had my eyes opened by two well Stephen King critics. <laughs> and now I realize the error oh. of my ways. All right, all right. I like that. <laughs> so you're so you're negating last week's list. That yeah, one didn't yeah. exist. Got it. So okay. so now, you know, we talk about this often how like over time our top five lists would change. Like mm. going forward, you know, the Dark Tower wouldn't make my list. 
I love this. Everybody can grow. Matthew, uh, yeah, and we're just seeing it right out. in front of right in front of us. Yeah, we're all going to get hate beautiful. That was like a cocoon to a butterfly. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, a tear to my eye. And you didn't want to do scary stuff this holiday season. See, we've been yeah, a growing. Ah, uh, scary stuff. You could have just been sitting in your happy world bubble. And instead, we brought you to hell. Enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. My number, uh, my number one, I guess a little controversial, as we heard earlier, is uh, Lawnmower Man. Uh, I chose oh. it because it is just so shitty. Um, yeah, very uh, the least favorite movies I've probably ever seen. Um, and it has actually gotten much worse over time. Uh, the, the little bit of redeeming factor it had um, in 1992 with the computer graphics where you're like, oh, that's crazy. That's the future. That's gone now. You're like, this is terrible. Um, maybe the only good thing is like the opening scene where the monkey murders all the people. Hilarious. Uh, other than that, I, there's nothing <laughs> and that's again that's a maximum overdrive like this is so ridiculous this monkey's got like robot eyes um, looking at <laughs> signatures blowing it was terrorizing guns though. taking guns out of people's holsters and shooting them in their dumb faces it's just can you uh, believe what that monkey went through though yeah they spun him upside down with glasses on <laughs> can, you, oh can you guys believe what pierce brosnan went through I can part of it. to be in that movie. He, he must look back on that and just be like, "Oh no, what was I doing?" He's like, "This I is a little I... better than Goldeneye," but <laughs> Goldeneye, <laughs> Goldeneye's not bad. It's the Die Another Day. It's probably better than Die Another Day because by the by the end of the movie, Pierce Brosnan is phoning that thing in a hundred percent. But I will say, some of the earlier scenes, <laughs> I feel like he's like. We're making a killer movie here. But then by the end, you're definitely like, oh, God, he doesn't even give a shit about this movie at all. And nobody does. <laughs> he was, I don't. He was on to Mrs. Doubtfire. He was like, I'm I'm checking out. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's my number one. It's a horrible movie. Uh, that is a horrible movie. And I see why Stephen King uh, sued to have his name removed from it, because nothing redeeming. Um, yeah. I would have been better. Except the monk. Guy eating, eating the grass. You know, that like, would have been a better movie. I think yeah, probably like a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll wrap this thing up because I'm going to stay in the year 1992. Um, I'm going to talk about a movie that I thought was going to be scary. And I thought it looked cool when it came out and it's bad. It's real bad. Um, and I watched it again about three years ago and it was even worse. It is sleepwalkers. Um, a movie about shape shifting, bad kind of cat people. Um, there's a really weird, like, maybe it's incest, maybe it's not involving like the older lady. I don't think they're mom and son, but they're portraying really, themselves. That's not mom a gray line, Nick. Yeah, it's <laughs> watch the movie. I mean, you tell me, but I, I think that they're pretending to be mom and son, but like they're okay. lovers and they're doing it so that he can lure like virgins in, steal their powers, steal their life force, you know? Awful. So he's film. like, look at how much I love my mother. Come on over. That was his plot. Yeah, I don't think he meant love in that way, but yeah, something oh, like okay. that. Um, yeah, check it out, Kate. I, I have that on DVD. I should send it to you as part of like one of these cheap. Jeremy yeah. mentioned Walmart stuff. I know like, somebody that's coming up next week. I'll bring it up. Yeah, um, I'll bring it up. <laughs> it was it was part of a. You know how you, I went? I breezed through Walmart like I don't know. 
four or five years ago and they had like six Stephen King DVDs in like one little jewel case thing for like five bucks. <laughs> yeah, was I'm like, man in there? It might be. I gotta go back. <laughs> I didn't watch all six. You can leave that, that one at there, home. There's a lot of stinkers there. Um, <laughs> I don't think the Dark Tower was out yet or else it would have been directly in there. Uh, but Sleepwalkers was. That is. So we went back again one of these nights where this time of year, I can talk with Shellen to watch something like that. I have a couple of beers, just going light and laughing. And it is, it's, it's really crappy, bad special effects. Um, and just a crap movie altogether. So there it is, Sleepwalkers from 1992. Yeah, I remember when it came out. Um, I thought it was going to be super creepy, um, but I ended up never watching it for whatever reason. I suppose I was at the mercy of my parents a little bit there. But yeah. Yeah. Stephen King had moved on to miniseries at that time. <laughs> Yeah, he probably had a better TV run there. I don't even stuff, know if I'd agree with that, man. Let's think about this. Where it was like Tommy Knockers. Oh, yeah, uh, the Langoliers. Langoliers would have been on my list for sure. That that miniseries is horrendous. That's like awesome '90s CGI, like awesomely terrible CGI. <laughs> yeah, you can tell they're just staring at a big green screen. Like, oh yeah, Ugh, yeah. that is a bad one. And the scene, the things chomping up land. It's like. <laughs> Yeah. It's like an old computer program. Just yeah, yeah it's terrible. Yeah, Langolier. That's, that's a bad one. That's a baddie for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. this was fun. This is a fun night, boys. Yeah. Ended her up. That concludes episode 40 of PT Shop Talk. As always, hit us up at PT Shop Talk at Gmail. Uh, follow us on Twitter at PT Shop Talk One. Check us out on Facebook. Like, subscribe, do all those fun things. Look at us on YouTube as well. Um, see my transformation into Bruce Valanche in front of your eyes. It's happening. <laughs> so every every week you'll have to it's see. It's just it. fun. He doesn't look just like Bruce Valanche. <laughs> Thanks for putting that just like uh, modifier in front of there. I'd like to point out I think I look nothing like Bruce uh, <laughs> Until next time, everybody. I'm Casey Hansen with me as always. Uh, and Doling and Jeremy Van Kloppenberg. Uh,